Onyx Vale, Saints and Sinners. Hello and welcome, everyone. Wait, 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 wait. You, you started talking before the counter was done. I didn't have the tab up, so I didn't look. That's my oh bad. Oh my god! Dragon. See, this is. You, you got know, out of. We're not gonna, out of the jam. We're not gonna have this all cut. This is gonna still show up in the thing. Hello and welcome, everyone. Uh, to the Onyx Vale Saints and Sinners wrap-up slash debrief episode. Uh, I am joined by the friends around the table digitally this time, so if you guys could just introduce yourself one last time. Uh, yeah, go ahead. See, you haven't given any more guidance as to how we're supposed to do that. Even though I'm talking already, so I might as well do it. Hey, I'm Chris. <laughs> um, I was to say, this is how we do in teaching. Whoever te- talks first gets to do it. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm Chris. I was the player character for uh, Breadloaf, a.k.a. Archibon, a.k.a. Locks, uh, for the show that we are currently about to talk about. I really had an intrusive sound of just going to go, a.k.a. dead. <laughs> right. A.k.a. toast. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, and so, uh, Callista, why don't you go next, introduce you and who the character you played. Sure, uh, I'm Callista, and I played Lee Tyndall. What else is all I right, fantastic. <laughs> no, that's it, that's all I really needed. So, uh, Andre, okay, thank you. uh, how about you introduce yourself as well? <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, hi, I'm Andre. Uh, I I played. Uh, oh my god, why did it fall out of my head? Abner Lumen. <laughs> we played that for a year, and you're like, wow, wow. done. Yep. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> my brain I'm was like, cool, one. we're done with that. <laughs> I, I was right, struggling so- to get the last name of mine. <laughs> <laughs> who are you so today we're going to do just a brief wrap-up of the show discuss uh some of our favorite moments kind of do this as kind of like a cast commentary and everything and yeah so uh what we'll do is we'll just kind of talk about the show and everything and so let's just start with the first question what was everybody's favorite moment from the campaign mm. favorite moment Cricket, cricket. Uh, I Chris, you made the first noise, so you get to. Okay, <laughs> go for it, Clista. Okay, so the car chase with the documents. Yeah, I just love that the documents <laughs> came in that. handy. That's particular time. Was that the first you? I think that was that the was first the first use. usage of the MacGuffin that is documents, documents. in this right. game. Yeah, <laughs> it's. <laughs> it, you know what's funny is like if anybody plays this game, they're gonna be like, oh, and they listen to this, they're gonna be like, oh, documents are overpowered. It's like, no, they're really not. It's Nerf stationary. <laughs> it's just the dice, and I decided, you know what? When it comes down to it, what would be more cool? The documents taking document. out a car or just hitting the windshield and flapping away. <laughs> I also rolled really high every time. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you you did the two times, and then Calista did. The one time, Callista, like, knocked out a whole bunch of crates on that last one. Remember that one time when Knox got, you know, knocked off and you walked into a group of 16 Onyx Vale PD people with documents and some trans powder? Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and then rolled a double that crit. That was incredible. Like, Nothing happened. <laughs> Dodge, yeah, anything with documents was so good. I'll be honest, that was the one thing that like I had planned that I was just going to be like if this goes if this goes up, like tits up, I don't know what what to do next on this one. Right. <laughs> oh, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> uh Andre, did you share your favorite moment? I didn't. Um that was one of them though. I think honestly, I think cuz it was a really just fun dumb moment is when um I think we were getting dressed to go to the governor's mansion. Mhm. And I got to like help style every maybe it wasn't that. I I remember there was a time we went to go see Adela and I was like, "Oh my god, I get to dress you." <laughs> Yeah, good times, good times. Uh, I think it was, God, I want to say it was when going to, it's either going to the governor's mansion or it was for like the art one or something like that. Oh, it might have been the art one. Yeah, because that was uh, the second one, I believe. Oh, wait, no, then it wasn't the art one. It wasn't the art one then. Oh, okay. 
It was. I think it was the governor. Mm, okay. Uh, so yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna. I took the first question, so now I'm gonna turn it over to everybody. Wait a minute. Else. Did Chris say his? Oh yeah, Chris. Did you have your favorite moment? Oh. I've yeah, you know, I've mentioned a few. Like sniper battles, always interesting. Um, like one that definitely kind of chimes out after I figured, oh, I get a trained hunting pet that I haven't been utilizing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get a bird too. And Admiral's like, I hate them both. <laughs> hated birds. I don't know why he hated birds. He just did. <laughs> but he did, especially when they go sit on him and be like, no, I hate them more. Well, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what I also, that's what I love about any like TTRPG game, especially one where you had get items throughout the game is, uh, not using them at all. Like, for instance, I have uh, in Baldur's Gate the I got the horn to summon the uh, ogres, and I am now in Act Three, and I still haven't used that freaking horn because I was like, "What if I need them for the next fight?" <laughs> no, I I use it to clear out the goblin fortress. That was quite useful, especially when they all died. I'm like, "Well, they're not going to come back and use something against me," so it worked right. out great in the end. Fair, I guess, but I was just like, "Oh, well, maybe," but yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I love about actually, like, you guys utilizing uh, items that I give you that are like, hey, here's something interesting. Look, what can you do with it? Because I remember in another D&D game I gave, I gave a guy a grapple hook, and then he learned Misty Step, and I was like, cool. Never mind. <laughs> Unnecessary. Right? Alrighty. So, who would like to go next on asking a question? I think for mine, uh, just because I have it already. So when it comes to world building, you know, Onyx Vale was very um, steampunk-esque. I guess, you know, like there's high fantasy and low fantasy. This is low steampunk is how I would describe it. Is that just how Blades in the Dark came or is that something you drummed up? Uh, Blades in the Dark came that way. So the difference between Blades in the Dark and mine Blades in the Dark has a much higher, like, supernatural element to it, where mine didn't really have that. But, like, if we were going to go exploring into, like, another season, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, uh, we would basically, actually, I would love to start uh, looking into the other elements. Because, like, I know we dipped in there with a little bit with the night market and everything, but I was like, there's more out there. In fact, actually, that one mission I gave to you about the mission was the mansion was supposed to be the haunted house mission, but you all never took it. <laughs> I had I that was one of my questions actually was about the haunted mansion. <laughs> I wanted to go so bad. <laughs> yeah, and so one of the things I like to do, especially is like I will in fact actually what I like to do is I will build the map first and then build the area. And one of the things that I really appreciate about just like Des Moines Dragons in general is how much of an honorism it had to Des Moines. And so literally I started with the borough of Lee Township and then built around from there sort of deal. All right. Well, seeing that we had that fantastic I love question. that my neighborhood was yeah, the go first ahead. one. <laughs> oh, I yeah, said right. I see uh, that my... Sorry, I'm kind of glitching out. Um, I see that I'm glad that my neighborhood is the one that you built first and then built out. <laughs> right, 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 right. The township versus the world. Pretty much. So uh, that was one of the cool things I like to do, and especially incorporate in that, because like everything uh, that like every previous DM has is like there's something kind of hearkening back to it sort of deal. So uh, Chris, should we be concerned? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And so, basically, uh, yeah. So that was an interesting thing to build. And then one of the things that I like to do, and you guys saw this in like the element of working with uh, you guys at the very beginning of it, was just uh, more or less. Uh, including the elements of you guys coming up with like random facts about the world. And then I would incorporate it in some, some way or somehow. So that's how I usually go about world building and such, because then I'm very much with a, uh, I'm very much into like a whole, like I keep it going and then you guys kind of build it sort of deal. So uh, yeah. So great question. Fantastic question. 
hopefully it's not this is 30 minutes of me talking <laughs> i mean you know i think you know for, for people that because i think that's one of the big things with des moines dragons is we're here presenting all these systems and D and I guess you can this might segue into another question of mine just to keep uh, the conversation going uh you know, 5e is very meat and potatoes, beat the monster, get the loot, um, is the very simplified way to go about that one. But when you look at uh, Blades in the Dark, you've got a D6 system, and that's it. So uh, being able to present a world where it's like, you know, you don't necessarily um, have to use the meat and potatoes 5e system. There's other systems out there. And you don't necessarily like, and you can add whatever system, system, ever setting you want to it. Okay. And so, yeah, no, uh, blades in the dark also has band of blades as well. And that's another one. I don't remember if there's any other ones, but yeah, I've always, I like, and Paul actually suggested to me. So thank you, Paul. Uh, this one was because, uh, basically one, it gets to get a little bit more of like a, uh, band of scoundrels and everything. And uh, honestly, that's the real fun part about it. So, yeah, that was our first bit of questioning. So we will be back after this short break to talk about more questions. Yeah. So welcome back. Uh, yeah, so we were just finishing up a conversation on uh, Blades in the Dark and how there are different ones about Band of Blades. And welcome back to our debrief of everything Onyxvale. I'm joined with the cast, and they are asking questions, and we're just kind of discussing our overall the, overall the campaign, world building, all that kind of stuff. So I have a question, just because our last bit kind of talked about you know, the different systems that are out there. Mm-hmm. So as a DM of both Blades as well as 5th Edition and even Genesis, but we don't talk about that one, um, <laughs> how how does Blades differ from 5th Edition? I think Blades is a lot easier. I mean, out of all of them, Blades is the easiest. The character sheet takes a little bit of, like, getting used to, but once you get after that, like... Honestly, scale of hardest, D&D is still the hardest, and I think that's the reason why people don't want to learn new things. Is D&D is the most popular, but they're like, oh my god, if it's as hard as D&D, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> but uh, Blades in the Dark has been the easiest. Uh, in fact, prep work is some of the most minimal improv prep work I've done in my life. Uh, one of the things especially is how much the DM has to do in game whereas like if i'm running a D one i have to like have multiple pages of character sheets up and everything whereas this one i was like oh you rolled a six? Oh yeah you hit him he's dead so <laughs> it's clean that's mm-hmm. how we knew the show was coming to an end we actually pulled off a heist without right. <laughs> uh, with minimal error right because i can see that now you know i eventually want to get into dming and the current system i'm reading Savage Lands, by the way, no reason. Um, <laughs> you gotta do homework, even for a minimal. And you and you, and you mentioned between five E and this one, like your prep work uh, it was very minimal. But this will segue into another question. See, this is how I do my questions. I didn't write them down. I'm just yes ending. <laughs> yes um, my way. Yeah. Congratulations, your- my child. You're through the first lesson of DM. <laughs> <laughs> right, you are already halfway to DMing. Um, what when you say prep work, what does that mean for those of us that are completely unversed in DMing? So for me, every time I have like a every time I have like a session coming up, I have 
I used to have a very detailed outline of what I want to go through. And now whenever I did it, especially with this one, it literally had four outlines. Like for instance, the finale was uh, Lee four fights, find hostages, win. <laughs> I mean, checks out. Wow. I, like, I mean, now I'm curious to hear what all of our right, right, right. Were. Like, since you threw uh, that out there, like everything. So, in regards to like the whole Lee fighting bit in the very end, I didn't have any idea the specifics of who would do it. I came up with all of that stuff on the spot. All I knew is was L was going to be taken hostage, and you'd have to fight to get him out. That's about it. So oh, you weren't pla- you weren't necessarily were you planning on Lee getting. L or is it what was it like one of them's gonna have to get L it was gonna be Lee yeah okay uh because everybody else had like their very own specific area like you were the assassination area and Archibald was going to be the chest that... <laughs> no 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 that was intentional <laughs> I wasn't mad about failing though like once I realized I failed I was like not... I'm mad about it for different reasons <laughs> <laughs> I was completely wrong about my mother, or this was just another way to guilt me. Yeah, it felt more like that. <laughs> Guilty me from beyond the grave. There you go. And yeah, with yours, I literally, everything you had, the whole, like, questions and everything, the questions during the debate, were all off the cuff. What? How do you do this? Like, the questions that you and... So you and uh, uh, Chris and Calista answer those questions, and then my answer is completely off the cuff. So... I mean, obviously, same. The, <laughs> the magic of Adam. Out of, my, out of my ass is what it is. <laughs> oh, I choked on food. <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's really what's the fun part about it is. And I'll say this again, and I'll say this a lot of times, is once you begin to trust yourself with it, um, and like Paul has told, like, so in the long run of it, Paul taught me how to DM and everything. And Paul, one of the things that Paul said was like, don't be married to a thing, be flexible with it. And so the only idea that I really had married to the whole campaign that came out like session two was the idea of it ending in a chess game. That was so cool, though. I also remember you looked at me like, make your character likable because he's dying. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to... Yeah, and so one of the things, especially like when I play D&D or like DM characters, is uh, I look at it as a story. And so uh, I, I don't know. I thought that... And this part, you were going like you would play a character. You playing a character that would make a sacrifice play would be a very interesting story to tell. You know, and the way I play characters, like I can kind of see where their arc's going to end. Like, no, you're right. Like <laughs> this character is going to be someone who exists in a way that is like counter to how things usually go. Right, and like so. don't and don't get me wrong, like. And to, like, address anything in the rooms, we don't have these things scripted. We have it, like, this is kind of the idea of where we're going with it sort of deal. Yeah, another show I was in, I I had a similar thing. Like, my guy is going to die. He has to. And it Mm -hmm. didn't happen because the dice ultimately tell their story. Mm -hmm. And I was put in a situation where I had to rely on a dice roll in that particular one. But in this one, I had narrative control of it. Yeah, and and yeah, because the big thing about that, too, is, like, one of the things is, what do you do, like, how do you play a character knowing that you're, like, playing a character that you know doesn't have a whole lot of time left, make, gives a lot of more interesting, uh, and possibly uh, very strong character choices for how it is, because my favorite part was the part where Callista let out the best pun of the campaign. I did not mean to spoil the moment. I swear. I'm so sorry. Uh, it was too good. It, it was, was too, too good. good. Yeah. I came up with it about four seconds before I said it. 
Congratulations, you've taken your first step to DMing. That's how you. That's how I usually come up with things is four seconds before we do it. Right. Oh. The magic of out of his ass. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, my other favorite part was literally how Andre reacted to uh, Locke's dying in that scenario. So, God, that was heartbreaking. I The session before, I was hardcore planning on turning you into a vampire. <laughs> I was dead set on it. Tip of the hat to Tim, because he's like, you catch when I said, uh, yeah, you could change him, but he's still going to be sick. Yeah, no, that's the only reason. I knew Tim knew where I was going. With I know, it. yeah, it was like it was a good catch to that. But I was like, and I was like, I I like this idea, and I love the way you're going with it. But then again, I also love the idea of like, you, in the long run, if you would have went that way, you could have talked to if you had a chance. You could have talked to Archibon and possibly done it this way. And then left that choice still up to Archibon. Oh, I, in my mind, at least the way Abner was thinking about it, he, uh, Archibon didn't have a choice. <laughs> it was, it, uh, Abner was going to do what Abner wanted to do in that scenario, which was, oh. do I want to keep him alive at any cost or do I just let him go? And that's, uh, that's a, that's a perfect, like, segue because then, uh, yeah, that's, ooh, that's beautiful. That's, that's great for, like, season two stuff. all right fantastic uh let's see who else has a question i got one sure um this one's not for you tim Ooh, thank god because i feel like i'm doing a lot of talking here (laughs) all right callista this this is for this is for no this is for the three of us actually um did you did you base your character on like any other, maybe even fictional characters or like any real, did you come in being like, okay, I'm kind of stealing a little bit from this character to kind of build. I mean, I think for me, I I might've unknowingly, but for me, I was very adamant. I need to play a character that is not Mm. hands-on. Like, cause, uh, in D and play clerics. I play paladins. You know, very in the thick. Um, in my last game or last show, I was in Genesis. My character was named Salt. This guy could punch harder than his gun could shoot. Um, <laughs> if and if anybody listened to the last part of Tidefall, um, I was fighting the final boss. I kind of soloed it. Sorry, Monica. Um, <laughs> before the the guy had like 10 hit points left going into the like very final, final fight. Um, but I'm like, you know, approaching this show, I'm like, I want somebody who has to think. I want somebody who will use other methods to enact what he needs to do outside of having to put hands on somebody. Uh, so... I guess the long story short of that is no, at least not on purpose. (laughs) No, at least not on purpose. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Uh, Calista, how about you? Um, No. And the more you were talking, the more I realized this is exactly what I did in D&D. My first, like, big one-shot and big campaign uh, that, like, I knew was going to go on long that both times I played a barbarian because I was told and it was like one of the easiest ones to play. And so like I could figure out D&D even more like the mechanics and all that other stuff in the world that I was playing in. So I chose the hound uh, position or role because it was the easiest to play in my head, just like a barbarian would be and just built a soldier background out of that so i could learn blades in the dark did it uh, because i'm I'm, i have another follow-up to that um because you were the only one of us that did any kind of like fighting did it make it harder um sometimes it did but also sometimes it was easier to just a fight than have to like think about what was going on because i only took (laughs) 12 sentences of notes the entire campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Which is different because usually Callista has paragraphs. It's a chronicle (laughs) is the best way. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Uh, I really appreciate that. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> See, I, I guess, you know, I had a follow-up question uh, in the similar vein, and it's trying to run away from me. Don't, no, don't leave. Don't leave. It's leaving. Come back to me. Okay, well, uh, Andre, did you have another follow-up question? Oh, I remembered it. There we go. There, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, with that being said, how does DMing and playing, so this could go to anybody, how does playing feel different in just for fun versus for something like this, a show? Uh, so DMing for like, um, for a show and everything, it's a little bit harder because like, whereas I'm DMing for you guys, I can rip something almost verbatim because Chris, you can do this. You know this per- exactly. Is I ripped more or less the entire plot from Wicked the Musical into a D and D. Yes, I felt like I was meta gaming because I knew it, and the rest of the group didn't. <laughs> and. Uh, that's it's like because it's the table and not in for public it is, but it's for like for a DM standpoint, it's a little bit harder because I was like, oh, this seems like a cool story element. Wait, no, that was in a that was in a show, so I can't copy that word for word. <laughs> I know for for me as a player, and I've just kind of accepted this that maybe because my time with tabletop RPGs like this is my very first D and D game was a solo one shot with Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was my learning and hashtag last life. Um, if you go listen to that, my episode is by far the shortest because uh, I made it to the second room and then got eaten by a giant snake. But that was me learning how to run D and D is I have these characters and I build them. I don't play them optimally or well. <laughs> <laughs> no, what they are, but in this particular show instance, you know, what's the more interesting thing? I have flawlessly and highly effectively gone through this problem, or have I got to the solve, but I have made all these flawed decisions and still found the solve anyway? You know, I think that's the interesting thing is like, well, if I'm playing for fun, I'd like a well-optimized character so I can get through these mechanics and be the victor versus the show. It's like, I'm still going to try to be the victor, but I don't feel optimized is the way to go. Right. Uh, and the thing is, and speaking from like a DM and a player standpoint, it's like, oh my God, connecting this to theater is like the DM is more like the director. So it's overall like, okay, what do I want this vision to go for the whole story? Whereas the player is more like the actor and like, where do I want my character? What am I want my character to do? Because I don't focus on what I want you guys to do. That's all you have. I'm going to be like, what am I going to put in front of them for this? So. That's kind of how I looked about the difference between the two. So, Yeah, that's a good point. Um, with this, I felt like it was more clear and less choose your own adventure uh-huh. um, <laughs> than we usually play. Yep. Uh, and I liked that because it required me to think less. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the answer to the question that I'm going to give is a heck of a lot shorter than yours. Um, I swore I just, a lot less. I'm long winded. <laughs> no, I just swore a lot less. And um, I sat back and relaxed and enjoyed listening to you guys a lot more than I usually do during campaigns, because usually I'm the note taker and I'm so busy trying to like understand and reinterpret what's happening or like catch things word for word. And this time it was like, Hmm. Okay. And I got to really sit back and listen to you guys theorize about what was happening in the world. And then think about, okay, what would my character think about? Because I don't really get to do that a lot. um, Because, you know, so many things happen and some things go so fast, but you guys really play in a way that like you take your time and I really like that I just wish that I kind of interjected a little bit more and um brought a bit more role-playing rather than just fighting 
That's all right, because uh, when it came down to it, you were very effective at it. As Abner proved, I will say, <laughs> you know, out of all the things, like you still got that sniper battle during a fireworks show. Yeah. And, like that's still probably the coolest fucking thing. <laughs> like know. I remember that episode because I was like, I'm not doing anything, but I'm so enraptured by what's happening right yeah, now. Just, right, I was just, like, thank just, God, where I'm not doing anything right now. Right, just thinking about the juxtaposition, you've got this duel to the death while well, fireworks are going off people are having a good time little timmy's got cotton candy and not knowing <laughs> that somebody's about to put a bullet through somebody's eye like come on <laughs> it's I cool am so, i am so happy that you guys thought of it that way my entire focus was oh my god get him <laughs> yeah <laughs> get blackwell <laughs> uh, i take that as a compliment i really do because my worst my my biggest thing i always worry about um because uh, I'm always like, I could never, I always have a hard time playing villains because I'm like, I'm a nice person by proxy. But I was like, this is the one where I think I actually started hitting my villain stride a little bit more. Oh, like yeah. How much yeah. you guys fucking hated my villains. Right. Uh, my, my next question is, why are they all cowboys? <laughs> my mom wasn't a cowboy. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you want to know the answer to this one? You want to know the answer to this the one? The people want to know. Because I only do one voice really well, and it's a fucking cowboy. <laughs> He's not wrong. Oh, you could have tried. I 90% of my accents were terrible. But Amber went for every single one of them. And honestly, I did hit a couple other ones. There were some British ones in there. I think my Faust accent was really good. Who didn't okay, love Faust? Yeah. Faust was, was good. Great. Who didn't love Faust? And then we threw Lamont LaCroix at you. Be like, all right, let's uh, throw out that Creole <laughs> accent right quick. Right? And then uh, there's another one. Is like, uh, In fact, actually... Uh, fun fact, uh, the guy who ran the night market, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but, uh, who was friends with, uh, our guest artist, Petty Treason. That was me doing my best Nandor impersonation from what we do with the shadows. <laughs> For some reason, my mind went Jackie Daytona. It, I, that was my first guess, but I was like, no, it's a little too on the nose. Fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, voices are hard. Uh, and honest to God, I'm like 30 steps below Brennan Lee Mulligan and, uh, Matt Mercer and Ebri Iyengar. So, yeah, I so, could do Cowboy real well. <laughs> so I just, got a Wild West one. I got I, them all. I just <laughs> leaned into the fact that I had a character who did theater. So uh-huh. I was like, if it's bad, <laughs> I get to blame it on that. I, I like the beautiful irony of... Archibon delivering this very heartfelt speech in the sit down and you're helping you're like what do you are you giving me acting notes <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful irony of that <laughs> oh yeah that was good that was fantastic alrighty anybody else have a question that we could talk about for the rest of the show and everything I don't know if it's the, it's not necessarily a question but it's something to ponder just because, like, it, it is a fact of the show that, like, we had other people mm-hmm. in the beginning. So, like, I wonder what our group dynamic would have been yeah, having so, more Because, right. like, it came down to a core of three people. Yeah. Right. So, to talk a little bit about that one, uh, what I wanted for this particular one is I wanted to have a... I wanted to have a gang. And the gang would have surmised of all of you guys together... And then the story would have kept going if not everybody was there. But that didn't play out the way I wanted it to. But that's, yeah, it's something for so another goes. day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now I got to thinking, listening to two, I'm just like, oh, that Silas character. Archibald and him would have fought. Oh, yeah. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it is what it is. So, uh, but hopefully... In the next seasons, I'll be able to actually... Because what I wanted, especially with the gang, is you... Like, the gang would literally be every player character rather than the gang being its own tertiary character in that one. Mm, Sure. Very Ocean's Eleven-esque. Right, pretty much, yeah. Because basically the whole crux of Blades in the Dark is you are a bunch of... Uh, thieving scoundrels, and so you don't need a 
crew of 30 to be a bunch of thieving scoundrels. <laughs> Alrighty. I ask a lot of questions. Who else? How about to say, uh, Andre or Callista, do you have a question for the good of the cause now? <laughs> I mean, I can I can rip on a couple things. Sure, let's go for it. <laughs> um, do, the okay, the the flood was that always like part of your plan? The 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 Church of the Flood. The I yes. don't remember the name. Jesus. The Church of the Cleansing Flood. Yes, Thank they you. were they were my BBEGs from the get go. And what I wanted to do is always have something like hinting at them the whole time, because uh, I thought like, what's something that's absolutely going to bring the city together, and that is a natural disaster. So. Yeah. <laughs> or the impending thought of a natural disaster. Yeah. I I still got thrown off, you know, in the very finale of our of the chess game i never once thought of this is you know i got stuck up on the organ harvesting it's like oh yeah you could totally make doppelgangers from plastic surgery with these people oh holy yeah. smokes johnny i never made that connection yeah that was an ass pull at the last second <laughs> ah, the magic of out of my ass <laughs> But once again, that also is building blocks for a later season because it's just yeah. like, what happened to the Lady Nigel? Oh no, not Lady Nigel. Oh, that just re- reminded me. Like, remember that one time we went to go talk with Nigel and we reformed him so much he became a priest? Mm-hmm. Yep. That, yeah. <laughs> we did. Yeah. I have no memory of this. I think yeah, that was like, the time you might have been that, gone. Actually, I was about to say that so. might have been <laughs> just to me, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I think it was like episode like three or four. I think. You know, you could always go back, Callista. I never That's made the- it past the introductions. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I think I made it through the first episode. I. No, uh, I did not make it through the first episode. I, I made it cannot, most of the way. <laughs> I cannot hear my own voice. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> See, I'm the flip. I can't not listen to myself, but maybe because I've edited it too much, and I want to hear how it all sounds. I think that's really what it is. I think the only reason, <laughs> well, at least for the first episode, the only reason I stopped was I remember the accent I did. I think I was like a getaway <laughs> driver or something. <laughs> And I needed to fake my way out of something, and I remember the accident. The laundromat. Yeah, looking for the laundromat. Yes, that's what it was. Because we were leaving the prison. Yes, I remember now. Oh my god! And I remember the accident I did, and I went. That probably sounds horrible, and I don't need to listen to it. I wonder if that guy ever cashed in on his free wash. Oh my god, I forgot about Yeah, I did. I sure did say you could get a free wash. God, I made so many promises as other characters. <laughs> That's going to be That's... the first thing we address in season two. The guy comes up and goes, Hey, I was told I'd get a free wash here. <laughs> no free washes. Take a hike. Vendetta. <laughs> the That's amount it. of damage control that Abner is going to have to do. That and is then the he BBEG. becomes the next- that that, that's what I was going to say. Of next season is that guy. That guy. <laughs> Just because he didn't get his free wash. I would want, like, as a mid-season villain, like, it's like it leads up to like a mid-season finale. I would, I, I'd be down for it. It's dumb, but it's so good. Oh, yeah. Right. I, that's one of the things I really like contemplated on because I was like, how long do I actually want to run the story for? Um, because I contemplated you guys actually going and taking, getting into the real nitty gritty of like removing gangs off the board. And I was like, after, and this is where episode nine came into that a little bit is like the look at it. And after I did it, I was like, no, I don't like this. This is a little too nitty gritty. So. Yeah. Yeah. And episode nine was like, we'd been gone for a while. And us to that way, who buddy, that was rough. Was that the train? No, that, that was, was the, the Union, Union dudes, dudes one where we couldn't decide who to kill, who not to kill when it came to the uh, Union folks. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the fir- the, so the first train one was actually where I felt like I hit my stride with this. Because uh, my overall goal, especially with like coming up with this, is trying to make sure that this sounds like a very cinematic thing that's going on during that time, too. And this was uh, the train mission where they come in and like, and you guys are saving Keenan Buxton. 
uh, was probably one of the finer points of that one. I was like, I feel really good about that. I feel really good about that one. So, yeah. And I think with nine, just looking back on it, we just were thinking too grand mm-hmm. in terms of our a scope of time and, and, and be what we were trying to do. And then we hit 10 where it's like, Oh, there we go. When we're focused on finer details, instead of the big general picture, we're able to be way more effective. Oh, for sure. Right. Cause I believe 10 was the world's fair one, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was, I, I felt really, I felt a lot better after that one. <laughs> cause I was like, cause like, uh, Blades in the Dark has a really there's a so and this is another thing going into especially with like talking about podcasting and such is going into do you follow every crucial rule and like uh, is there are some things that I missed in Blades in the Dark oh hell yeah I'm pretty sure there are some people I pissed off about it uh, but I work you didn't like, follow the rules yeah pretty much. <laughs> And I was like, no, but in the end of the thing, I, because, like, don't get me wrong, there are some times I forgot to do downtimes with you guys. So, in yes. fact, actually, in the last one, we didn't do an engagement roll. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember thinking about that. I was like, because I remember going, are we going to have three separate engagement roles? Or, like, what right. are we going to do? And then we didn't. And I was like, I'm not going to question it. Let's just go. That, was, that was just me forgetting about it entirely. I mean, by, <laughs> well, by it was like... Me... What, midnight, yeah, yeah, it was like midnight when we started. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, let's talk a little bit about that, about what ha- happened in the final recording. Roman <laughs> Empire. Because <laughs> 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 I was so tired. <laughs> yeah. So, long story short, what had happened is just be mindful about your recording hardware, folks, <laughs> um, and make sure it works ahead of time before you travel four hours to set it up, to spend another four hours to find out it doesn't work. And all I can say is shout out to Micro Center. We're not sponsored. But, but you they all came, came in clutch. <laughs> they did come in clutch where I found something that would work so we could get started at midnight. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, man. Uh, I, I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I DM'd all of that improv that Roman, late into the night. That night was <laughs> empire. That night and then the next, at least for me, the next day was also rough because I had to go to work, but (laughs) I also had rehearsal. So I was doing a thing where I would go to work for like three hours, then go to rehearsal for three hours, then go back to work and close. (laughs) So by the end of that day, I was like, I'm quite dead. Literally dying. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) We didn't do downtime either, but I did save all of my information for that in case we wanted to do that. So for my downtime, um, I'm dead. Yeah, what are you gonna do with your dead downtime? Well, uh, me and my bird Artemis are gonna hang out, and we're gonna look for the governor because I did promise I was gonna make his afterlife hell. We're gonna look for the governor. If not, we're just gonna play Spider Man Two on the PS Five. <laughs> they got PS Fives up here. Uh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I well, going into this one, I knew there wasn't going to be a downtime. That's the one thing I did know about. It's and there was other things like I missed and such. I and, I feel like having a downtime with this one doesn't feel right. Right, like the jump, the jump forward, and like being like, "Where are you guys now?" and all of that felt more, more like it covered that sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah. But I'm thinking for season two. Oh. You're not going to play the same character. We're not same characters. Come on now. <laughs> but I liked Lee. I know. They have know. reached the coveted NPC honor. Yep. And so if I am the one who will DM it or GM it, they are mine now. <laughs> That's oh, right. No. The NPC honor that all characters that reach that particular spot. That is get. if I GM it. And then if anybody else wants to GM it, throwing it out there. I would uh, say accept Archibon, but I don't even think that's true. I would I mean, love you, to be. Do you want to take? Do you want? You want to be Abner? No, I mean <laughs> he, he's all right with being Garoppolo. So. I mean, I'm okay with I'm okay with being Abner. It's just I also want to play. <laughs> like I don't want to be behind the screen. I don't want to be behind the screen every time. I want to be the one tossing the documents into the air. <laughs> This will be the one time I put my trans powder on the documents. Double one. 
It yeah. would be. And and I, I snort all of it into my cranium. I forget <laughs> what I day it is. <laughs> so let's talk about another unfortunate thing that happened in this campaign that also happened in another campaign. Chris, what is with you in episode five? No shit. So... <laughs> Tidefall. Yeah, yeah. In episode five in this particular show, that's when we were trying to get into the night market and I failed on some kind of check to like stay out of this hole and I fell into it. (laughs) And ironically enough, in Tidefall episode five, I actually if anybody if like if you can envision Bioshock Infinite, all the like airships (laughs) and stuff, my character falls off one of those into the ocean, perceivably dies. Once again, episode five. So in the next show that I'm a part of, hopefully, I'm going to be very cautious around episode five. What if you just don't do like so when they're recording, just don't don't be there. I'm sick that day. (laughs) Just all of a sudden I walk up to like the strongest character. Why are you tying yourself to me? Trust me. Don't don't worry about it. We'll wait till next time. And we come back, and we come back for episode six. So somehow Chris's character somehow apparently almost died. (laughs) Again, what happened? Well, you see the character I tied myself to fell from a great height. I gotta say, that was one of those moments where I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this. And then the whole void sickness thing, I was like, no, I like that idea. (laughs) Hey, it worked out well, you know, because it was one of the themes was, you know, dealing with it is how, you know, Archibon had resources archibon had access to literally everything mm-hmm. how can you present stakes to a player with a character like that and have them make meaningful impactful choices absolutely because like yeah because most of the things if i give you regular real life thing you're like oh well father has the money for it right. <laughs> dear papa and uh yeah so that's why i was like no because that's then when it came down to it, the only arc really and truly that seemed available at that time was giving you something you can't immediately fix. Can't fix. Right. Tried to. Didn't work. <laughs> you did the usual. Throw money at the situation. Didn't work. Um, but I'm curious about, and you know, it could be just the thing. Anybody else like have that thought in the back of their head? Moms is very all right with her son dying. Yeah. She's just like, oh, well, that's happening. <laughs> so that particular character was an ass pull at the last minute. <laughs> so well, there to, are to, some plot areas where I kind of missed her. Well, but... I could see, you know, if the the opening is a letter that Archibon wrote, mm-hmm. um, it could be they've had that for a while and they've already come to terms that it has happened. Mm-hmm. Which you know, granted, the reality is you forgot. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it was, that. and by the time dear mama uh, Westchester shows up, uh, it is already like two, three in the morning, and all of us are less than dead, but we still have a whole part left. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I took it as I'm like, man, she's all right with it, but I'm like, well, technically, she's had the letter warning her for quite some time at this point. Right, and the thing is, especially if you also look at a Westchester, is they don't let people know that something's wrong. Right. It's always no. the strong front and the it's like a strong face in the front. Um, but you know, I, I you know, with, with even with Archibon, he didn't let anybody know he was dying. Until officially he was dying. <laughs> right, until he did die. Um and even then he was kind of vague about it. It's just like we're gonna go rest. Oh, I'm about to rest, all right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then start stopping Faust. because uh, I, I think the most like you know, open Archibon had been about dying is mentioning that he's terrified about what comes next to Faust uh, when he tried to head him off to go tell everybody. Yeah, so I don't know about that particular scene, but that particular scene was inspired by Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> I mean, it's a good scene. It is, it is. Uh, there's, yeah, and when I build stuff and everything, a lot of that is, there's, like, general snippets of, like, oh, I like this, but I don't want to, like, fully take from that and, like, just copy and paste, more or less, so. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, God, I love I love debriefing campaigns and such. Uh, is there any, this is my question, and if you don't remember, this isn't perfectly fine, but there is there any particular quotes that really stand out to you from the campaign at all? 
Calissa didn't write them down, so I don't remember what they are. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> you think she didn't write them down? Hold. Okay. On to you. I'll, I'll be honest. I just appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> hey, first off, go fuck yourself. I did at one point write at least one of them down. However, comma. I think I accidentally erased it or put it somewhere where I then forgot. Ah, shucks. Oh, there is one other actual, I wouldn't even say villain, more or less obstacle that was for Archibon that I really loved. It was Sally. Sally was so good. Sally was like, like, is she a love interest? Is she just a pain in the ass? Why can't it be all of it? It is all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't it remember if is. I said this in a recording, but I remember having the moment of being like, she's your Ada Wong. Truly. <laughs> she has left the island with the T-virus or whatever version it is in 4. <laughs> she just pops up wherever you are. She'll help you out, but she screws you over. And she might be interested, but we're not going to travel down that road. Right. I was about to say... I think I did it. Uh, yeah, no, I was really proud of myself. Not to toot my own DM horn here, but <laughs> I was Look really at me, DM. <laughs> I was really proud of the, how like episode ten wound out and everything. I was like that. Ah, oh, God, go me. <laughs> That's <a> terrible. <laughs> yep, that was good. good. But it's like you know, she was very much the very much Archibald's foil. It was like calm. Oh, yeah cool collected she's also that but he's noble and she's not but she's just better at certain things just enough right yeah because like together you two would you two would have been a fucking unstoppable force but no we're not gonna have that (laughs) right nope i'm dead Uh, and sally's who knows right uh yeah so uh let's see here (gasps) oh i found it Hey, there we go. Okay, so I apparently did uh, take notes. Um, The first half of the notes is all of our uh, players, characters, aliases, descriptions, and for a couple of them, notes. And then I have a pair, about a paragraph from episode one, and that is it. (laughs) I did not make a quote list for this one. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I believe there was one that because Callista, fun fact, because you said you got really just like liked listening to everything we came up with. There's one that I do remember, and it was actually from Sally too. Is uh, I think it was something on the world. I was like, ah, I don't see the world in black and white. I see it in shades of gray. <laughs> I, I remember one. I think it was also like talking to Sally about something, and Archibald goes like, "I know, ironic, coming from a capitalist pig like myself." <laughs> and uh which reminds me of a funny story is like even as an actor i've had those moments uh back in 2015 i was uh in a show at the des moines playhouse called 12 angry jurors and i was the youngest by like 15 years compared to everybody else and there'd just be times where i just get there and i'd be like wow these guys are really good actors oh that was my line we went over my line <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. (laughs) After that part, I was like, I am so sorry. I was listening to you guys act because what it was, it was like they had like 10 or 12 lines in between and I had one just in there and I just got, I was like, you guys, oh my God, you just, you're just acting so good. You acted so hard right now. Oops. You just described my entire vibe this this whole time. (laughs) Just just sitting back and like, oh man. These guys can act. (laughs) Oh, but no. The thing is, though, Lee, you had your own moments, too. And everything. And I thought... I still remember when you introduced Elle. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was... uh, Right. (laughs) Uh, That's not my best work, honestly. (laughs) I wanted to do something else with that, but I was like, I kept forgetting to put it in so then i was like all right now nah, the book nerd meet cute was enough it was okay. so oh. <laughs> i was I so happy <laughs> i was like i know i i know abner doesn't know about this but i'm happy about it <laughs> uh okay 
I do have a question for Andre. Oh, okay. How did the dessert naming thing come about? <gasps> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in real life. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. So this actually does tie back to one of the questions I asked before, which was, did you base your character on anything? Um, and I based my character. So I I read this book series like about a year or two ago uh, called uh, the Parasol Protectorate. And the first one's called Soulless. And you meet this character named Lord Akuldama. And he is a vampire. And he's very flamboyant. He's very bubbly. And he doesn't do pastry names, but he does, like, calling people, oh, oh my darling little whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was playing with that, and somehow I just fell on pastries. And I try, <laughs> like, I kept trying to get away from it, but I was like, it's way funnier if it's just pastries. If we just stick with random baked goods. Oh, yeah. Were you hungry? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I'll be honest with you. Surprisingly. I'll be honest with you. I was hungry after some of those. <laughs> Me too. You know what's funny that just popped in my head? In my last show, I was... One of the other player characters had a tendency to nick baked goods away from bakeries. <laughs> You're just so always the, around baked goods? Uh, I am. Right? I can't escape carbs. <laughs> at least at least you can escape sugar, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad tim and i went to the same yeah, wavelength. look at you on the same wavelength diabetes hey my <laughs> pancreas gave up <laughs> okay uh we're coming about 55 minutes right now so uh if anybody has any last things that they want to talk about for the campaign before we put a ni- nice neat little bow on it uh oh I did I uh did Sorry I'm thinking. Okay, <laughs> I'll talk. Uh... There was a, a thought was happening. My brain was buffering. No worries, right Calista, you said you had a thought. I do. This was an enjoyable experience and I thank you Tim for not telling me that this wasn't a one shot. <laughs> yeah, good. Mhm. Cuz uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, of course. And I'm so glad to have finally met the other two of you in person for the first time. (laughs) Yeah. During the finale. Yeah. uh, When they first did this, they did, like, when they first did Awakening, they had, like, in person. And I was like, I want to do that. We didn't have it towards that level, but we did it in person. So that was enough for me. We did. We were halfway there. Right. Uh, Yeah. So. See, yeah. it's nice for me because the last time I recorded a show in person was pre-COVID, mm-hmm. like so, right before, like the December before everything got silly. Oh yeah, it was a uh, it was nice to get back to that and everything. So, uh, all right, well, I'm going to send it around the table one more time to just plug anything you guys are working on, and I'm going to give some state of the podcast updates for Des Moines Dragons. Uh, who would like to go first? All right. Nobody volunteers. <laughs> Love it. Well, I, I was going to say Calista something. Talk first. I'm, right. Right. Talk first. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm going to open my mouth and I'm like, no, I always go first. I refuse. I, I was really hoping Chris was going to go first, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. If we're doing this fairly, Calista talked first. Yep, that's <laughs> true. But our de facto <laughs> first man. Okay. Uh, I got nothing to plug because I got nothing creative going on. No worries. I am just vibing. Fantastic. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Andre or Chris, who'd like to go next? I can go. I'll go. Okay. Um, I'm also not working on anything. I just finished doing Mary Jean Valet, who defeated La Petite at or La Bette at uh, or La Bette de Gévaudan, uh, which was about a giant wolf in old French French countryside. La Petite, um, the small La Petite. <laughs> no, it was La Bette. It wasn't La Petite. <laughs> La Petite French wolf. Anyway. La <laughs> um. What else am I doing? That's it. No, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to be a human for the rest of the year. So you vibe it. Maybe yeah. audition for the seagull with Tim Williams. We'll see. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. You'll see. Go. Hey! Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, how about you? Alrighty. Well, I am the opposite right now. 
high school I'm working at, they are about to do Adam's Family uh, in the, I think, the second weekend in November. And then as soon as that show closes, I'm jumping into Tech Week for Into the Woods at Simpson College uh, in Indianola. But I have no idea where that those well those shows are the second and third week of november but i have no idea when this episode's gonna come out in relation to when those are it's gonna come out in november so (laughs) those are either happening or have happened and they were good yeah speaking of which uh you were also at the live show oh i was at cardboard caucus with the first live show in a long time with des moines dragons that was fun i had a couple of sound cues meant specifically to throw shade at the dm (laughs) uh love you paul um when we would get him to laughing i had a clip from pulp fiction that went oh i'm sorry did i break your concentration (laughs) so Fantastic. It was good. It was good. We had about fifty, uh, about uh, ten to twelve people there to sit and watch, and had a good time. All right. Well, uh, let's give a little bit of a state of the update on the podcast. So, Onyx Vale may be done for now, but eventually we may be coming back. But let's talk about the next upcoming show. Uh, for those of you who are classic, so, oh, uh, next month or whenever this comes out, because I'm assuming this will come out in November, is we will take December off for the rest of the year, kind of for as a holiday break for of sorts. And then uh, we will start up with our last life. Our first guest is going to be none other than our own DM and producer founder, Paula Privatera. Uh, DM Daddy. Yeah, DM Daddy is going to be this time not in the DM seat as I will uh, be running him through a dungeon and hopefully not killing him because that would be awkward or would it? (laughs) I would be fine with it. No reason. Uh, Yeah, so that will be coming back for the start of the new year and that will hold us off for a little bit of time before and this was the big announcement at Cardboard Caucus. So if you are the 12 people in the audience, you got to hear this first. Uh, we are getting a long-awaited return of drumroll, please. Season two of Awakening, the D and D podcast. The entire original cast is returning for that one. Uh, I am looking forward to it. I it's what got me into D and D. So uh, they are going to be coming back in the spring. So look for that around that time. But yeah, I think that's everything state of the podcast wise, unless I miss something. Not that I know of. Yeah, right. Not that I know of either. Um, and so with that, Onyx Vale Saints and Sinners, we're going to disappear for some time, but we might be back. So keep your eyes on the social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. So with that, you can do it. Finish strong. We're going to say goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell. See ya. Morning. Have you the same to do? You say good morning. Yeah. All right, just checking.
Onyx Vale, Saints and Sinners. Hey everyone, it's Chris. We'd like to thank you for coming along on the journey of Onyx Vale, Saints and Sinners, and we truly hope that you enjoyed what you heard. Now don't fret, Des Moines Dragons is going away for a while for a holiday break, but make sure you take a look at our Twitch channel, because there might be some Baldur's Gate shenanigans going on there. And there's plenty of shows for you to listen to. Tidefall, Awakening Season 1, Last Life, Onyx Vale, of course, if you haven't finished that one up, Warlords of Crisis, Viking, the list goes on. But, once again, folks, have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season, and we'll see you in the new year.